0: Hello, everyone. You are listening to the latest Flyers Talk podcast. I am Jordan Hall, and as always, I am joined by the wonderful Brooke Destra. We have plenty more Flyers Talk for you as the offseason continues. Uh, Flyers haven't done a whole lot, but they did do something. They did do something, and our own Brooke Destra called it. She called it on our last episode when we were looking at some possible additions on the blue line, and Brooke Destra called it that one name uh, that they that they have added so far and that is Eric Gustafson but uh Brooke you called it defenseman he played for the Blackhawks and Flames last season he had a career year in 2018-19 just a year ago before last season he had 60 points 17 goals puck moving guy power play guy real skilled Swedish guy uh, one-year deal three million what did you think of the deal
1: I was cracking up <laughs> when we got the press release sent to us that they signed him because I was like, wait a second. Is this the guy? I did is? that. Yeah. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Obviously, Fletcher listened to the podcast and said, oh, Brooke wants this. All right, let's do it. I'm just kidding. Get him on the phone. Um, but no, that was totally funny because I was joking on the last podcast. I was like, oh, if it's not in Philly, chances are sometimes I butcher names. And the universe laughed in my face and said, okay, learn it. <laughs> so, welcome to Philly, Gustafson.
0: Perfect. Ah. Got it. <laughs> you already got it down. And the, the important thing is you called it. That's what's more important than getting the name right. But now you're going to have to say it probably a little bit more and write it a little bit more. Um, are you happy you're going to be writing that name a little bit more? Do you think it's a good addition for the Flyers, bro? Uh,
1: I, it's an interesting situation obviously because we kind of knew that everybody that had the potential going into free agency wasn't going to fill the void of Matt Niskanen aside from Petrangelo but that was never going to happen and he shipped off to Vegas who just doesn't have a cat pit at <laughs> you just have all the money in the world apparently um But I like it. I think, again, an offensively forward kind of defenseman is a great fit in Philly. And I think he definitely adds to the blue line. I don't think it completely fills the gap that Niskanen is leaving. But it also gives some of the younger guys the potential to step up and seal that just a little bit further. So I'm excited. And, again, it's only a one-year deal. So... If it works, it works. If it doesn't, bye.
0: <laughs> no, I think that's what made the acquisition pretty attractive to the Flyers. It's not a massive cap hit. It's $3 million and it's only a one-year deal. You're seeing a lot of, like, two-year, three-year, multi-year deals right now because, um, you know, players really want that uh, for, obviously, the expansion uh, draft coming up next offseason. Um, and, obviously, uh, a guy has to be under contract if you're going to protect um or expose them um not to protect them but to expose them they have to be under contract so um so yeah i think just one year you know come next offseason, season like you said you can let him walk uh if you want to you can maybe look into re-signing him um and you don't have to worry about protecting him using him in a protection spot for the suspension draft. so very attractive contract there and then yeah i don't think brooke that he's a matt niskin in replacement by any means Chuck Fletcher has said that numerous times they were not going to replace Matt Niskanen just with one person. Uh, The guy just, he just did too much. He did everything, all situation, five on five, power play, penalty kill, but he did produce, produce offense and he did play on the power play. Gustafson is a guy that, you know, can play on the power play, has a track record of doing that, um, has a track record of putting up some points Um, puck mover, really good uh, passer. uh, Chuck Fletcher, Uh, On Friday, speaking to the media, uh, said that uh, Eric Gustafson is a guy that probably has the best vision among their entire defensive core right now. So um, I think that says a lot. Their defensive core is pretty young and pretty good. Um, So, yeah, long story short, a guy that will provide offense will not be a Matt Niskin replacement, but, again, can do some things offensively for them. And we'll have to see where he fits. Uh, That will be very interesting to see. Brooke, if we had to pick today – um, obviously, you know, a lot can change from now until next season or even next training camp, uh, when we'll really be kind of diving into where Eric Gustafsson fits, but if you had to pick where you think he's going to play first pair, second defensive pair, third defensive pair, where do you think he kind of fits best?
1: The Flyers really love their left-handed defensemen. Don't they? Yeah. <laughs> um, so Initially, right off the bat, you kind of think, okay, like it would make sense to pair him with Provorov immediately to continue have, letting him have that kind of veteran leadership to kind of calm him down on the top pair. I don't really see that happening, at least not right away. I have a feeling that they might let Philip Myers hop up there with Provorov, and I know it stinks, because the Myers Sandheim tandem last year was so great, they worked so well together in the regular season, but i I have a feeling that they're going to throw Myers with Provorov in the top and then throw um Gustafson with sandheim um, so a nice little second little second deep pair right there, and the best part is is that if it doesn't work, if the chemistry's not clicking, you just adjust yeah. It's as simple as that. But, yeah, I see, him, I see him going down to second.
0: I like that, too. And uh, speaking of adjustments, you, you said it, uh, and we saw it a ton with Elaine Bigneault last year in the early months, you know, October, November, um, where he was making a lot of adjustments with his defensive pairs and his forward lines because he said, this is a new group. I need to get to know it, so I need to experiment and try some things. He changed a lot of things, and he really looked for the best fits. I can see that happening again here. And I think uh, Eric Stopsen is a guy that, you know, could play on your top pair with Ivan Probra, but he can also play on your second pair um, as well. Pretty versatile guy, a left shot, but uh, actually says he's played on the right side over the past two to three years. And that's actually where he feels most comfortable. I think that's also why he was attractive to the Flyers. They needed some more balance ready shot wise. Um, mm-hmm. He's a lefty shot, but he can play the right side. It's actually where he prefers to play. So yeah, I can see him being on that second pair with Travis Sanheim and, Seeing them maybe ask Phil Myers to take that next big stride, play some top top, top pair of minutes, everyone knows his upside. Everyone knows he can play power play, he can kill penalties, and he can play big minutes. Um, so that's exciting. I think that's exciting for the Flyers. Um, if there's one silver lining to Matt Niskanen uh, retiring, is that Phil Myers looks like he could take a really serious step here into a bigger role. Um, that's exciting for him. But, uh, right. But, Brooke, yeah. uh, we heard a lot more – No, go ahead. What were you going to say about... uh, Oh,
1: no. So, you just... You see these little glimpses of Myers last season, and you were like, oh, my gosh. As soon as everything starts firing on all cylinders from this kid, he's going to be phenomenal. I mean, my favorite thing is when you think the opposing team has... It's basically, like, breaking free on the other zone, and Myers is down on the ice stops it cleanly in like five strides. And that's just for somebody who is as big of a player as he is, he moves so swiftly and efficiently. And that is something that just makes me really excited and why I think he can make the next step. You can tell when he's very frustrated in his play and in his performance. Sometimes he does overthink things. Sometimes he does try to get a little too flashy. But when he steps back, and just does the basics, does what he knows he's good at, doesn't overthink things, just plays it like it is. You really see the kind of talent that he possesses. So I do think that that's something that he could really excel in moving into next season, but only time will tell. And I also like that, you know, the bottom pair could switch because you might think it's Robert Hag and Justin Braun, Shane Gosh pair is still in the picture – so people are still fighting for spots on that roster. And again, we talked about this with the forwards last year, um, last week with the podcast, that's good competition. That's healthy competition to obtain that roster spot. So I think that's all exciting things to look forward to.
0: Yeah. And the great thing about that depth too, is like you said, Brooke, uh, everyone knows Phil Myers is upside. Um, and you're right. You're, like, I saw it too. There was times where you, he really wears his frustrations on his face, on his sleeve, then he starts trying too hard. Um, and sometimes you just need him to take a step back and just, like you said, stay within himself, and then he's really freaking good. Um, and that's the good thing is if he takes that next step to the top pair, obviously he's going to have a greater role. But if he has some hiccups, you've got some depth now, um, again, obviously. And uh, they can kind of use that depth to maybe maneuver things and allow Phil Myers to maybe take a step back take a step forward. There's flexibility there. And I think that's a, a big reason why they obviously had to go out and, and grab someone, which they did with Eric Gustafsson. And I also meant to say, even with the expansion draft, it's not only is it attractive for players to get multi-year deals, but it's also attractive for teams too, because multi-year deals mean, um, obviously you can expose, expose those players. Um, uh, because obviously they have to be on their contract to be exposed, but um, a lot of, I think, strategy into these contracts now because of the expansion draft. It's just natural for both sides to be kind of uh, all of a sudden thinking of that expansion draft. At Nissan, we just made your choice for a new car an easier one than ever with our most exciting and fuel-efficient lineup. The choice is yours. Now, get great offers across our full line. Shop at your local Nissan store today at NissanUSA.com. Brooke, I'm so happy you brought up the competition aspect. There is good competition, once again, on the blue line. There was last season, as we know, and there is once again, obviously with the signing of Eric Gustafsson, Everyone's kind of wondering, what does this signing mean for Shane Goss's pair? We always talk about Shane Goss's pair, but he is obviously a hot topic uh, among fans and his future here in the organization. Both players are very similar. Both are very similar in their skill set, puck-moving guys, uh offensive money guys guys that can play on the power play so I think a lot of people are wondering what does this mean for Shane Gossasper General Manager Chuck Fletcher touched on that Friday speaking with the media let's get into his thoughts and then we'll get into it some more
2: Eric Gustafson and Shane Gossasper bring a lot of the same skill set both are power play guys move the puck you know jump jump up on the play would you be comfortable in a situation where both uh Gus and Ghost are in you know in a starting lineup Oh absolutely yeah they're both real good players i i'm not sure stylistically they are uh as similar maybe as you make it seem i, I think um again guson has got just tremendous deception and, and vision and uh i think he generates off offense a little bit differently than ghost ghost has got probably the best shot of anybody on our team uh, phil myers has the velocity maybe but right now i'd, I'd say goss's pair has the, you know is a is an elite shooter so i think they're a little bit different um, uh, they both are better offensively than defensively probably but I think both of them actually defend pretty well so uh, you know why not um, you know I think uh, Provarov's elite defensively Sandheim and Myers in my opinion will become a elite shutdown defenseman in this league and, and Justin Braun is a weak defender hag is a, is a good defender um, so why not have a couple guys that can uh, can spring your offense I mean I, if we can defend less uh, that would be a great thing.
0: That was general manager Chuck Fletcher talking about the acquisition of Eric Gustafsson. And obviously, what does it mean for Shane Gossespierre? Brooke, he feels that both guys can be in the, li- in the lineup at the same time. He likes both players. And he actually thinks stylistically, as he said, they're a little different. Shane Gossespierre kind of has the, the best shot o- among the blue line. He thinks Gustafsson's more puck mover, uh, deception, vision, um, and setting things up that way in terms of creating offense. How do you think this plays out? And what do you think this ultimately means for Shane Gossespierre? I think a big question among many people is, does this increase the likelihood of him maybe being traded?
1: I think it's always going to be a thought in everyone's mind at every waking minute, every second of the day until something happens or the season starts. It's it's yeah. as simple as that because it's it's not a new name for trade bait with the Flyers. Gossespierre has been talked about very significantly the past two seasons where if you move the guy, then it actually benefits the Flyers. But Fletcher also noted on Friday is that if you're sending somebody away, the acquisition better be better than what you already have. And right now, given the contract situation, because Gosper has a very, very cap-friendly deal – it doesn't make a lot of sense right now to make this move. And it seemed more probable while we still had Niskanen. Now that that's not the case, I don't think you can lose two leaders on your team on the blue line in one season. And sure, Gostasperer has struggled for the past season and a half, but he's had injuries. He's a guy that is so well-liked and respected by the city, by his teammates, all around the front office organization. And I think that moving Gosh right now would do more harm than good. Down the road, it could change. They may not protect him in the expansion draft because they have so many strong defensemen. And that's probably something that they're also thinking of because, I mean, sheesh, we keep saying that it's it's just... It's the next off season, but we were just talking about how it was two seasons ahead and three and it's, it's here. This season plays such a crucial fact in and crucial part in who's being saved, who's being protected, who are they risking to lose. Mm -hmm. And I feel like this could be a situation where, I mean, they obviously don't want to lose them for nothing in the expansion draft because that would be terrible, but it doesn't make any sense logically right now with the, the faces of the blue line and what we have to move him as well. You cannot lose McInan and Goss in the same year. You cannot, unless you were getting a Petrangelo and yeah. he's in Vegas.
0: Yes. <laughs> somehow, <laughs> somehow. No, uh, <laughs> no, I, um, I really agree, Brooke. And, I get it. Like, people, the second they see it, they're like, oh, here's a guy that had a 60-point season, and he's mobile and elusive, and he plays in the power play. That's just, go- that's just like Ghost, and he's going to get moved now. Like, no. not how teams think. Like, they have seven defensemen right now. Like, teams are always needing depth on the blue line. Just because you now have one extra defenseman, apparently, on your depth chart, like, doesn't mean they is all of a sudden looking to totally tr- trade Shane Goss' spare. Like, depth is good. Depth is good. Um, you don't want to take a chance by not having enough of it. They value Shane Goss' spare. They are different players and it's going to give everyone a little more wiggle room, um, a little more room for the coaches to experiment and try things. Does it give them Yeah, Maybe a little more flexibility to possibly trade Shane Goss' Sure. Yeah. They have an extra guy now that does do some similar things to him. That's a no brainer, but I don't think that's in the back of Chuck Fletcher's head. Um, First thought is we're getting a guy so we can trade ch- ch- uh, trade Shangassa spare 100 percent absolutely no uh, they're building their depth they're giving them, ch- them some more weapons uh, on the on the back end and uh, Chuck Fletcher said we think we're really good defensively in terms of structure and guys that can um, you know play in the back end and and move the puck but we thought we needed some more offense too and why not get another guy that you know can kind of push the envelope and do some things offensively so. No, I do not think this is Shane Gossospar's ticket out of town. Um, will he continue to be probably talked about among trades uh, within the you know the league and uh, front office executives? Absolutely, but no, I do not think this is a clear-cut case of yes, yeah, Shane Gossospar is being traded. But hey,
1: it can also be. Sorry to cut you off.
0: No, please go.
1: Um, this can also be viewed as again healthy competition. Because, again, yeah, Fletcher said that stylistically they may not be exactly the same. They're actually a little more different than a lot of people think right off the bat. But Spare could be sitting here looking at this signing and going, well, crap. We, we do have very similar approaches to our game. Is this a sign? Is this a warning? Should I step it up? And I know that he's not willingly playing down to his game. He's struggled, he's had injuries, but maybe this could be the kind of push or nudge that he needs to be that top 65-point player that we had a few seasons ago. You know, it it may be healthy motivation and competition and who knows, at the end of this year, then uh, the end of this upcoming season, you could have an entirely restructured Shane gosh despair who you went from maybe being trade bait to being we need to do whatever it takes to keep him because he's back and that's best case scenario worst case scenario maybe we don't protect him.
0: yeah
1: but it's it's definitely interesting but I'm I will stress on it forever I'm such a huge fan of healthy competition and I think that that's something that gosh despair may need because there's not a player like him on this team until now.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and I think, I think you're so right. I think teams really value internal competition 100%. It motivates players. It gets the best out of players uh, off, more often than not. Look at Robert Haig last year. He was pretty ticked off that he was kind of the odd man out. He got his chance, and he didn't come back out of the lineup for the most part. Stuck in there because he really wanted to earn his spot. He really wanted to play. Phillip Myers, too, really had to earn his role. Um, and it eventually got the best out of him as well. Uh, so, yeah, healthy competition is great. And then all of a sudden, if those guys are performing, you got, you got some trade chips to it, uh, you know, come the trade deadline, whatever that is, uh, next season. Eric Gustafson is a guy with a 60-point season who's on a one-year deal. A team could value that at the trade deadline. And all of a sudden, maybe the Flyers have all of a sudden, they have a chip, uh, you know, in their arsenal uh, that they can maybe play later on. Uh, a guy that would be a very attractive second-half rental for only $3 million. Same can be said for Shane Gossespierre. He performs well, then all of a sudden, um, again, you have more, more assets and you, and you have a better team. So, uh, again, this is – I think we know Shane Gossespierre. We're going to talk about this, I'm sure, ad nauseum. It's just a topic that's going to come up a lot. But uh, Shane Gossespierre is here, and the Flyers like him. They value him, and it should be fun to see it play out.
1: Flyer's talk is presented by Wells Fargo. When our communities need us, Wells Fargo is here to help.
0: Another position, though, that Chuck Fletcher touched on uh, Friday, Brook, was the depth on wing, um, and he actually thinks the team has some of the best depth on wing in the league. And I think a lot of the fans were interested in hearing that. Uh, I think because a lot of them are pretty uh, still gung ho on maybe trying to trade for Patrick Line. What did you think of Fletcher's comments? Do you like their depth on wing? And do you think that will impact at all uh, their pursuit, if they have any, in uh, Patrick Lane?
1: It's really – it's interesting because do the Flyers have some depth at forward at wing? Yeah. Every team does. It's – it was kind of an interesting phrase because you have a few guys who – we're just pushing the boundaries of being NHL ready last season. And with the chaos that we've had this past year with the pandemic and everything, is there going to be that much of a jump with forwards and prospects that you're watching in the AHL going, Oh yeah, we could pull, we could call up five guys right now and they would all perform outstandingly. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's not how it works. That's why we shuffled however many rookies last season until we found Ave Kubel, until he stuck, until Farabee got things going. It, it's definitely interesting. I'm not saying that they don't have talent. They have an ample amount of depth, but it takes more than just a season or two to get them there. Hockey... Developing in hockey, in just turning pro and then going to the NHL, I think is one of the most difficult leagues to do this in because the sport is constantly getting more technical, faster, intricate. And while they're learning and trying to keep up with the paces of new leagues, they also have to learn and adapt their skills and abilities to make sure that they're up to par whenever they do get the call or to be prepared so they can get the call. It's interesting. I don't think that next season they're as forwardly sound as it's coming off. If that makes any sense in the world, I think, I, I don't know. I don't know. I still, I, I know that obtaining a forward in free agency wasn't a top Priority, it wasn't even on my list of priorities, honestly, because I I thought replacing Niskanen was much more important. I still think we might need a forward, so maybe that's something Fletcher's looking at trade-wise.
0: No, that makes complete sense. Mm -hmm. I see what you were saying. Um, I think there is an element of risk there to fully trust exactly what you have in-house, and a lot of that is younger players – Some guys that haven't played – obviously, a lot of guys that haven't played in the NHL yet, and then some of them that have have only gotten, like, a quick little taste of it. Um, I think we've seen the Flyers in the past actually completely trust what they had from within, and it didn't pan out. Uh, Maybe a prospect wasn't ready yet or what they had in-house wasn't good enough, um, and then it kind of uh, backfired, you know, not going out and being a little more active, showing more action. So I definitely think there's an element of risk there. Um, I do see why Chuck Fletcher kind of likes what he has, Um, but it would not surprise me if he stays active on the phones via free agency and via trade. Any little thing to improve by the margins, any little thing to gain a little bit of experience, I think he will do. I think we saw that at the trade deadline last season when they got Nate Thompson and Derek Grant. They weren't wow moves. They didn't make them substantially better. But I, I think it improved them at the margins, and it gave them more experience. And I think they'll do the same continually throughout this offseason. But, he, uh, you know, Chuck Fletcher has said they like some of those guys. And I guess the positive to some of the players like Lena Sandin and Tanner Lezinski and Wade Allison, guys that, um, you know, Tanner Lezinski and Wade Allison will be getting their first taste of pro hockey. Linus Sandin has played in the SHL. They are older guys. That's a good thing is they are 22, 24 years old. Uh, they have, you know, mature builds, uh, NHL builds. So it won't be like they're asking like a 20 year 20 year old Joel therapy to come up and, you know, play 82 games. But um, so that, that, that's one good thing, but yeah, you're, you know, there are risks involved by totally relying on Nolan Patrick to be himself and be back in the lineup. You just don't, that's a big if, um, Oscar Lindblom, we we hope and really really hope he is back to himself and playing hockey. It was great to see him come back in the playoffs, um, and obviously the Flyers would love to see him uh, be back to his old self. That would be huge for the Flyers. But again, and if there, uh, how will he look when he comes back? Uh, those are huge depth concerns, depth uh, questions that uh, we'll have to wait and see. But yeah, it's you know there is absolutely some risk involved there. I think you're right. I think. Um, I wouldn't fault anyone for questioning if they're, uh, if they're good to go at, at, on the wing or, or at forward in general. I think that's good right. question.
1: Right, because you look at it this way, and let's view it worst-case scenario right now. They don't sign anybody or make a trade for another solid forward, not, not outstanding, not top of the line, just a solid bottom six forward. What if Nolan Patrick doesn't come back? What if for some reason Oscar Lindblom isn't ready to play at the start of next season? You're not just down one depth forward. You're down three at completely different positions. Are you willing to risk your depth and throwing prospects who are not ready? That's why we have the AHL, to help develop players to be ready to go whenever it's time for the call, whenever they're like, it's your time, green light, let's do it. Is, if that's something that Fletcher is willing to risk, that's where I'm concerned. If there's a sign, and all signs really do seem to be pointing towards Lindblom being with the team at the start of next season, which just, oh, it makes me so happy.
0: Yeah.
1: And Nolan Patrick is playing sc- scrimmage games right now but we all know that scrimmage games and national hockey league games are very different. So there's also that slim chance that he may not be back next season right away at least. And then there's the Tyler Pitlick void. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Three forwards. And the Flyers were praised last year for their depth in the bottom six, the bottom six, carried them through the playoffs it's the reason why they even made it to the second round that strong point will become a weakness yeah and that's that's a very big concern
0: i'm glad you brought those three like those are like you said those are three potentially big holes Nolan patrick is the second overall pick that you thought would be your third line center he's not himself or not back that's a big big loss Oscar Lindblom was uh, tied for the team leading goals before he was diagnosed with cancer. Um, you know, if, if if for some reason maybe he's just not himself right away, or obviously fully, it would be totally understandable if he needed some time to come back and really, be, you know, get you know get his game back. Um, that's a big gap. And then Tyler Pillock was one of their best depth forwards. They scored 2.08, 2.08 goals per game in the first and second rounds. Uh, and I don't know if they really did anything. Uh, to really improve in terms of like personnel wise, like I think what they're really banking on is they were, are really hoping some of these younger kids take big strides in terms of scoring. I think they're really hoping their mainstays get even better. Obviously, we know some of their veteran players can play better and score more. We know Travis Konechny can score more than no goals in the playoffs. I think they're banking on that, and they, as they should, guys will develop, guys will get better, but. Um, I think uh, the Flyers should, would be wise, and I, and I think they will do this, throughout the all-season. Be active on that phone. Be active in looking the trade route. Be active in looking to sign guys. Um, do not settle just for what is in store right now. Uh, definitely do your due diligence. And I think Chuck, Chuck Fletcher will. But, yeah, we'll have to see what the Flyers look like at Ford um, and how they can improve their scoring and make sure they're scoring at the most important time of the year. A lot of young kids that they'll be relying on and a new acquisition. Eric Stofson, who is now in the fold defensively. And Brooke, next time we talk, maybe we'll have another acquisition to talk about or maybe a signing, maybe a Philip Myers, Nolan Patrick contract. We will have to see. But uh, as always, thanks so much for chatting and uh, look forward to talking to you next time.
1: Oh, yeah. Jordan Hall, you know I always love chatting some Flyers hockey with you. Um, yeah, let's hope, I really hope they lock down Patrick and Meyer soon. So they kind of have any kind of idea of what space they have left cat wise yeah. moving forward. I think that's super crucial. Um, yeah. Maybe, maybe it'll happen this weekend so we can have something to talk about for the pod. Who knows? But enjoy your weekend, Jordan Hall. I'm saying that as if I'm not going to talk to you in 15 minutes.
0: <laughs> i sure you enjoy your weekend as well. And yeah, I think maybe it does happen this weekend. Uh, I definitely know qualifying offers, I believe um, expire. They cannot be accepted uh, after I believe the 18th, which I think is Monday. So yeah, maybe they get a, a done deal. And that was such a good point too. Uh, if you get those contracts done, then you really have a really good sense of what you have left and what you can maybe do spending wise uh, to improve the team uh, and unrestricted free agency. So glad you brought those points to close it all, close this off. Brooke Descher, as always, thank you so much. Ben Barry, our podcast producer. Thank you as well. Uh, I'm Jordan Hall and Flyers fans. This is your latest Flyers talk podcast, wherever you get your podcast, please rate and subscribe. And we cannot wait to talk to you next time.